show. And we're going to meet 28-year-old Kelly in just a couple of seconds. Uh, Kelly's going to talk to us about several different things that we might learn something from, because that's what the podcast is all about, learning from our mistakes uh, and learning from each other's mistakes and how we can improve our lives, not from learning just the right way to do something, but the wrong way to do something. Kelly, have you ever done anything the wrong way and learned anything from it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Would you be willing to humiliate yourself on the podcast and share some of the things that you've basically effed up in your life that we can learn from? Absolutely. Okay, good. We're going to do that on the podcast right now. Take a shower, show up on time, and don't steal anything. Here we go. Hey, it's Dave, and thanks for downloading the uh, podcast or listening today. It's funny because, um, do you know who Raven is that used to work on our show on KDWB? Yeah. She was the nighttime DJ, and she just, it's her birthday today, so I was reaching out to her to say happy birthday. She's 27, she's a millennial, and she's um, young and talented, and she's beautiful, and she's so kind, and, and, and she's got a big you know a career ahead of her. And so, um, I forget how it came up, but I wished her happy birthday today. And uh, and I said, how's it going down in Dallas? Because she's got a, a year-old job that she's had down in Dallas. And I said, remember, keep moving up and keep expanding your career and doing other things. Don't wait for this company or any company to promote you and do the right thing for you. I said, because I've sat here for 25 years, and there was a time when I was kind of waiting for the company to promote me and thought they would do it without me asking, and they never did. And so I learned something from it. You know, I'm pretty happy here at KWB. But I told her, I said, don't sit there on your ass waiting for the company to do the right thing because this company, like no other company, they don't care about your career. They care about what you can do for them, but they don't really care so much about what they can do for you. So uh, Kelly is a moderately new mom. And we're going to talk a little bit about, um, uh, I don't know, what have you learned about motherhood? Have you made any mistakes in motherhood? I'm sure. Yeah? I'm sure I've made plenty. But motherhood's kind of, people always say, because when you're getting ready to have your kid, it's like, are you ready? Are you ready? No one's ever ready. But I feel like constantly you're just learning something new every day. You're kind of faking it till you make it, I yeah. feel like, every day. Because once you think you have it under control, then all of a sudden they're teething or they're sick. Like mm-hmm. there's always something new they throw at you. Gotcha. Yeah, when we when Allison was little, I was telling you this earlier that um, we learned to carry an extra set of clothes in case they have a giant blowout out in public. Have a little extra onesie with you, so you know you learn things like that. Um, uh, you were married once before. Yeah. Did you uh, to immediately get personal? Did you learn anything from your first marriage that uh, we can take away? Really? Absolutely. Oh, you did. Yeah. What did you learn from about your about marriage from your first marriage? Well, when I was married, the first I've only been married once. But when I was married, I got married young, and there were a lot of red flags and a lot of people kind of telling me red flags, but I didn't see the red flags. Okay. And within the first year we were married, he was already sleeping with someone else. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. And he was good at spending money, which I think is his M.O. Why do you suppose it is that we've all we've all had a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a partner where our friends have at one time or another said, are you sure you want to be with this person? Are you sure that they're, you know, you realize that they're either cheating on you or they're kind of crazy or they're a little bit too possessive. Why do we overlook when our friends who love us more than anybody tell us, you know, this is not the best guy that you could be with. I, we, we all have horse blinders on. Yeah. I've watched other relationships the same way where I'm like, how do they not 
see it. And then other times they prove you wrong. Like there's relationships that you're like, there's no way this is going to work out. And they're still married 10 years later and they're happy, like significantly happier than I had been in my past marriage. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's hard to, it's also hard to tell your friends, you know, when you're, when they seem happy, it's hard to go, hey, so I noticed this about this guy. Yeah. And I don't want to kind of ruin your life for the time being, but here it is. Okay. Um, the, you should be on Fallon's Heartbroken Podcast because have you heard Fallon's Heartbroken Podcast? It's actually really good. Uh, it's way better than my podcast, so <laughs> she gets a lot more listens on hers. But anyway, check that out. Um, so w- the reason I had Kelly in here is because we were kind of continuing for one more week on the theme of millennials. And I said, okay, Kelly's pretty funny. She's pretty talkative. She's pretty friendly. She should be good on the podcast. Let's talk about millennials for a little while here because you are 20, just turned you're 28 years old. Right. Okay. So I'm going to name some cliches about millennials, and you tell me whether you think that they are true. Okay. Uh, debt-ridden. Absolutely. Okay. Where does your debt come from? My debt comes from stupid spending choices. No shit, really? From when I was married, that's kind of where it all started, buying things when you didn't really have the money. Let's hear some examples of what you bought. Because everybody thinks millennials, listen, I want to tell you this up front, in case you've never heard me talk about millennials, I love millennials. I don't have anything against them. I think it's kind of funny how people like to bash them, but a lot of baby boomers and a lot of other generations are kind of messed up, too, in their own ways. And so I never attack millennials. Most of my kids are millennials, except Carson. He's a Gen Z, and they're all doing really well. They're all responsible and kind and bright, And but I think that the, the, the uh, college debt, student debt, is what everybody thinks debt. it is. And uh, I think that that is a legit thing but talk to me about what dumb choices you made spending back that got you in debt well a lot of it comes from when i came out of college right away i had a job like i started my job and my career almost immediately after college so i didn't really have a lot of time where i wasn't working so i was like well i'm making money so i can just buy these things now and then just pay them off yeah. And then all of a sudden, all your bills start adding up. Yeah. And your debt starts adding up, and your payments start getting bigger, and the interest starts. What going. did you buy that you didn't need? Give me an example. Well, the biggest thing I remember to this day was we moved out of a townhome into a different house when we had like two months left, but it was kind of a timing thing. We're like, oh, we'll just put the rent for the one townhome on the credit card and then pay for the other house with cash for rent. And it just kind of, that's $1,000 right there sitting on a credit card accumulating wow. interest. Or buying a motorcycle when we were already making car payments. Did but you get a motorcycle? It wasn't mine. Okay, it was your husband's motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yes. Okay. But it was just one of those, you know, because some, some people's theory is your debt's going to be there whether you're alive or dead. Like if you pay it off, you don't get anything else better when you die kind of thing. I'm like. Now I look back at that and I'm like, that's a very stupid way to right, live your life. Right. But I we're pay- I'm paying it off. It's getting okay. down. But Okay. It's and it's easy for the little payments to add up because everything now has payment plans. Oh, oh about, like, totally. Oh yeah. They wanted they want you to buy yeah, anything. They want yeah. to make it really easy for you. And they don't care, honestly, that it's gonna strap you. They just want you to buy the new computer, the right. new truck, the new jet skis. Yep. And then all the little things. I read an article about all the th- ways we waste money. All the subscriptions that we don't use, mm-hmm. all the cloud storage that we pay for that we don't use, or Hulu or whatever it is that we're going. Well, it's nine ninety nine a month. 
I don't care. But then it all adds up. If you've got four different payments of nine ninety nine a month, that's several hundred dollars a year. Anyway, uh, throw out another one. Snowflake. Are you a snowflake? I hope I'm not a snowflake. What is what does that mean to you? Somebody it's who gets offended. Someone and, that's very delicate and gets offended very easy. Because you think of like a snowflake, it gets ruined really quick okay. once it hits the ground. Offended. So think of something like that. You know, people get offended by everything. Um, you would right. <laughs> I mean, there's there's uh, there's some things that are legitimately offensive right. and some things that really aren't offensive. Are you, as a 28-year-old, easily offended? No, it takes a lot to offend me. Really? Yeah. And that's, okay. I think our society's kind of getting out of control with the offending thing, like around Christmas time, when every song was offending everyone that's mm-hmm. been around for ever. Oh, the uh, baby us cold outside? That, and yep. then at one point someone had said something about Rudolph was offending people for Why? some reason. Because he was different. Oh, because he was shunned and bullied. Yeah, he was shunned and bullied. Oh, my God. Well, in the end, though, Rudolph has a great story. He ends up saving the day. Right. So, really, it's a good story for kids. Are you whiny? Are millennials whiny? I can be. Can you? I will own that one. Okay, but that's not anything to do with you being a millennial. It's just that's that's just you. Yeah, I think that's more of just because I know people who are older than me that are whiny. People that aren't millennials are whiny. I. It's not just a millennial thing, in my opinion. Whininess is. Uh, entitled. Definitely. Millennials are entitled. Yeah. Tell me why. It all comes down to, like, your way is the best way, it seems like, is kind of how we were raised. Okay. And I was listening to something on YouTube that was saying that, like, I think you touched on it last week, the participation thing. Yeah. Everyone got a participation trophy. Yep. I think that might have happened a little bit after me, because I didn't, when we... Like, if I didn't win something, I didn't get a participation trophy. Like, it was okay. we still had, like, first, second, third, and then consolation. If you didn't get those ones, you didn't get something. But I don't know. I think people are kind of, they expect things to be handed to them at this point. They don't have to work for what you want. Do you think there's something to the idea, and I think this is a, this is true, that, that it, there's a lot of people who think, well, if you have this luxury item or you have a great car or you live in a nice house i should have that too it doesn't matter that you've worked really hard right. and sacrificed to get your nice car or nice house i want it too because it's not fair for you to have it and i don't have it and i think there are some people who sincerely believe that they should have it just because you have it correct i think that's definitely cuz you think of Yes, there are some people that have been lucky enough that they come from a very wealthy family. Mm-hmm. They don't. I watch a lot of reality TV. Do you? I'm very bad with it. I love it. My okay. boyfriend hates it. Okay. Uh, there's a show on MTV called Siesta Key where all these kids, kind of like Laguna Beach of this generation. Okay. I've heard of it. Yeah. All these kids just live down in Florida. They're always having all these huge parties. None of them go to work, but they're all live in these mansions or their parents buy them these nice condos and all this stuff and it's kind of like okay those guys they're they didn't really work for what they have but anyone that i know they all worked to get where they are the people that have nice things they worked to get there they weren't just handed down stuff and i think that's something that's kind of getting away with this whole like millennial thing is that we're all still working hard to get where we are like we go to work Pay our bills. We're going to talk about your job yeah. in a second, which is a really right. interesting job. Yes. Right. But it's, I think there's a difference between being entitled and like working for what you have so you can have nice things. 
Right. Well, I look like, at Oprah and I go, Oprah's got a, she just spent like $90 million on a 50,000 square foot mansion. And I don't look at Oprah and go, it's not fair. It's right. not fair that Oprah has a $50 million, $90 million mansion that overlooks the ocean in California. And I don't, it, I don't look at it that way. No. I don't look at somebody who, uh, who is a surgeon that makes $3 million a year and say, it's not fair that she has a beautiful home on the lake in, in on Lake Minnetonka. And I don't. Because I chose to do this, which pays less than what a surgeon earns. And I think that some people look at that and they go, well, how much money do you need to make? You make $4 million a year. I mean, I don't make $4 million a year. Well, no, of course you don't, because you decided to go into something that doesn't pay $4 million a year. Right. And you can't complain about that. Well, I mean, I'll find myself like joking every now and again, going, what path did I take the wrong way where I can't live on Lake Minnetonka? Just jokingly. <laughs> like, I love my job. I think about, right. and then you think, you're like, that person probably just sits at a desk all day, just doing whatever, this is and what they're I like millionaires. To, this is what I like to tell myself when I see those beautiful homes on Lake Minnetonka. I think they never get to enjoy them. I tell myself to think, to feel better <laughs> about myself. They never get to enjoy them because they're busy working all the time. You don't get to come home and like sit around in your big giant twenty thousand square foot home because you're busy working all the time. It's probably not true, Kelly, but I tell myself it makes that you feel all the time, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So entitled, um, one of your friends, you asked this on on Facebook. What do you think of when you hear the word millennial? Resilient. Do you think that's true? I would say so. I think resilience is kind of a that could go any way for any generation, really. But I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes that. Millennials now have to kind of jump over because in the workplace, if you're young and you're moving up, all the people who have been there a long time are like, well, they don't deserve this because they haven't been here this long. And there should be people that have been here longer that could do this. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of turns into like, a, I feel like there's more that you kind of have to jump over, if that makes sense. As a millennial. There's a, yeah, there's a lot more. I mean, I feel like I have eyes on me all the time like she doesn't deserve to have this position because she's only been here for she's only 28 mm-hmm. like there's people who've been here longer or there's i've heard people say it word for word like that person's not been here long enough to have that kind of position or but resilience and that's kind of coming overcoming stuff too i feel like granted everyone has their own stories but you hear people that they grew up in not the best conditions mm-hmm. and now they're extremely successful. So I guess it kind of depends which way you go with the resilience. Is there is there bickering or kind of like a battle between an older generation like baby boomers or 40-year-olds? 40 40-year-olds 40 aren't baby boomers. I think they're Gen Y, I think, aren't they? I think so. There's boomers, then Gen Y, then millennials, then Gen Z, I think. Where's Gen X? I forget where Gen X came. I'm, I forget. It's somewhere in there. Anyway, but is there is there like bickering behind the scenes or out in the open between older workers and people that are younger at your work. You're 28 and we're going to, we're going to mean, basically you work in a field that's probably dominated by men probably. Correct. Yep. And we'll talk about that in a second too. But do you think that older generation workers get mad or annoyed with younger people? Definitely. How come? What do you, what do you fight about? It's, and it's not even necessarily fighting. It's more just kind backstabbing, of gossiping, no. that kind of thing. No, <laughs> no it's more like, so where I work, there's different positions that are more sought after than others. There's spots that are easier to work. There's spots that are more enjoyable to work. And when the younger people kind of start sneaking down into those spots, mm-hmm. everyone else starts to get like, well, why am I working in this spot? Because 
I've been here longer and those young people don't know what they're doing. They don't have enough experience. Um, but all in all, I would say in my workplace, we all work together very well. We kind of function without much lead. Like in the day to day, there's no one saying, okay, go do this, go do this. We all just kind of flow. And I think it actually helps having the two separate age kind of gaps. Mm -hmm. okay. And there is actually a pretty significant gap because they we were so short staffed for a long time. So it was all the older staff. And now all the people that came in are all younger. They're all 30s, 20s, 30s. Um, but it kind of helps with communication, too, because I feel like some of the younger people don't know how to communicate with older people mm -hmm. every now and again, or they don't really have as much empathy. But it can also go the other way, too, where the older people don't have as much empathy for, like, the young, stupid kids type stuff. Interesting. Um, okay, let's talk about what you do without getting too specific because we, we're, you're, in the criminal, you're in the criminal justice field right. and you work with some bad people. Can Correct. we say that much? Yeah, we can okay. go there. So uh, you're not an attorney. No. Um, but you daily, on a daily ba basis, deal face-to-face -face with varieties of different kinds of bad people. Correct. Right. So I think it's fair to say it's a field mostly dominated by men not maybe not dominated but occupied by men is that true is that yeah. fair to say yeah that's very fair to say do you get any this has nothing to do with millennials but do you feel maybe marginalized or annoyed because there are certain stereotypes against you as a woman like ah this is a man's job does that even come out in 2019 anymore not as much and that's where the whole it's kind of goes back to millennials the millennial topic kind of fires me up because all i hear is Oh, women this, women this, women this, like women. It's always pushing like women, but I work in a primarily male dominated field and yeah. I've never really felt that they didn't think I could do my job because I was a woman. Like I've always been treated pretty much the same as them. Like they granted when there's situations where they'd rather not have females get involved just for safety reasons. Mm -hmm. Like I'm okay with that. Like safety reasons for what, for example? If they what would have be an to example? fight with somebody or something like that, if it's a, like, if it would be dangerous for one of us to go, it's more of them protecting us than. So it makes sense. I mean, we all know that women typically are smaller and maybe not as strong as a six foot four guy. You get a woman who's five foot six and she's probably not going to want to tangle with somebody who's big and huge and whatever. So that's when you're talking about safety. Right. But you don't see, see, I mean, I hear about, and, and I try to be as respectful as I can and as empathetic as I can with, you know, like women who say we don't get this and this isn't fair or whatever. Um, and people say you don't understand you're not a man. And I and I can't possibly understand it because I am a man. But but in your field, at least you're not seeing the fact that you're a woman limiting you from doing what you want to do. Correct. I think it's kind of one of those things where maybe if I was in a different field mm -hmm. where it's more of like a like where I work, it's a set pay no matter what. It's only based on how long you've been there. It doesn't matter if you're male, female. Because I know there is a salary gap still, but I guess I I can't comment on it, and I kind of feel like one of those people that I don't really have a right to say anything because I've never experienced that. Right, and but that's kind of how I feel too, right? I know it is a thing Yeah, still. It's got to be. Otherwise, people wouldn't be talking about it. But as a female in a male-dominated field, I honestly have never really felt... I mean, we have to do a lot more some days because... There's less than us. So when it comes to dealing with the women bad people, mm -hmm. we have to kind of step up because there's not as many of us. There's days when you're the one that have to do the strip searches and the cavity searches and the whatever and like that right. type of thing. Gotcha. And some okay. days there's only two of uh, two females in the whole building. So we kind of just have to tag team it and work together. 
to get stuff done. Okay. And there's some days where there's only one of us there. It just all depends on the day and the staffing. Now, with what you do with working with people who are habitually just, I mean, not that just don't make the best choices, live the best lives, that type of thing. What have you learned about human nature, if anything? I mean, you and I, we would never, you know, we'd never steal anything. We would never mug anybody. And nearly, nearly all people would feel the same way. You'd never steal a kid's bike. You'd never take an old lady's purse. You'd never beat up somebody for their wallet. We just don't think that way. What have you learned in your profession about human nature that you can share? I can honestly say that it's my opinion on the world has changed substantially. Really? Just kind of because I grew up pretty, honestly, I could say sheltered because I just grew up in the suburb, not like the suburb suburbs, but I didn't live in the city. So it's kind of exposed me to those people that there's people that literally don't really have a chance from the get-go and stealing things is how they get money to buy that's things just, they need. That's it's just, just what, what they do. do. Like your parents do that, so then you do that. Okay. It just kind of turns, you think about, you watch your parents growing up, it's like, okay, well, they went to work, so I guess now I'll go to work Yeah. when it comes my time where if your parents are going out stealing stuff, well, then it's your turn to, I saw a video on Facebook maybe where it was a mom literally having her kids steal a wallet out of someone's purse while she stood guard. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And to so some people, that's just second nature. Yeah. You were talking about earlier about how there's a problem with like, you know, a kid will do something like steal a car or do something that's kind of a, mi- not minor, but a first offense. And it's like, okay, well, what what annoys you about what happens to that kid that you are seeing today? They usually just get a slap on the wrist. Not... And I guess it kind of comes down to parenting because if they get released to the parents mm-hmm. and the parents don't do it. I know if I stole something as a kid and I got arrested, my parents wouldn't have let me out of the house for like a month. I yeah. would have been on my own version of house arrest. Right. But a lot of these kids, they will commit the crime. They don't get punished. It's probably kind of fun. A little bit of an adrenaline yeah, dump. Yeah, sure. Right. Get to brag and their so friends about it. Yeah. You get off with it one time. Why not try it again? And why not try it even in a... Next step up. Let's try, like, let's say they stole something from Target. Now, let's try stealing a car. And it just substantially gets bigger and bigger, and that's how it kind of turns into, all of a sudden, they're adults committing crimes. And when you're an adult, it's not as, well, depending, it's not as easy to just walk away from your crime. You actually have to be kind of more held responsible. Are adults held more responsible than, are they they held as responsible as they should be? The reason I ask this is because I hear people like in our neighborhood who their house will get broken into and the people who break in get a slap on the wrist and really nothing happens to them. In the meantime, the people who lost their computer, who lost their, you know, their phone, their whatever, they're the ones who are still suffering, and the and the the criminal really gets even as an adult, nothing happens to them. Right. Well, it's and it all depends on. There's a lot of as sad as it is, like theft things aren't as big of an issue. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of bigger crimes being committed yeah. right now in yeah, our right. society. It's becoming a lot more normal to see people come in for homicide or felony assault. So the but. I feel like any type of burglary or people getting into someone's house, it should be taken seriously. Like, they Mm -hmm. should get charged. But And it takes just the slightest goof now between attorneys and all that for a case to get thrown out the window because they missed a step collecting evidence or they find something where someone lied in a report. Like, it's a lot easier for 
a case to just kind of get tossed. I See, like. I wonder when I hear about things like that and I hear about my nephew who um, he is in prison for. It's not 118 years now because he's served about 20 or 25 years of it. But he didn't even kill anybody. What he did was, you know, what he is what he was convicted of doing was not minor at all. But he didn't kill anybody. He's in for 118 years. How does somebody get in prison for 118 years for something that was not even a murder? I mean, right. you don't you don't know the answer. No, no, no. And it's it all depends where you are too, because every state is completely different mm-hmm. in their criminal justice system. Down south is comp- a total different beast. Really? Why is that? It's just. I think it's probably because it's more conservative down there. Okay. Cause so they're harder on criminals I think they're there. harder. Where okay. I feel like up here it's a little more liberal, kind of give them more I chances. i say it's a lot more liberal in Minnesota oh, than, yeah, than like in Texas or somewhere like that. Yeah. yeah. Like give them a chance again and again and again type thing. Okay. but And that's not always necessarily a good thing. No. But, I mean, I can honestly say I have seen given another chance and then you never see someone again. Really? There are these people... If they're given the right, I think that's what it comes down to is our society doesn't really help when they when people need uh, a stepping stool. Like, I need somewhere to live. Yeah. It's hard to find. I find an apartment for less than $800 a month that's not in the hood. Yeah. Where you're going to be around the yeah. same situation that got mm-hmm. you to where you were. Right. Or a job. Finding a job if you've been convicted of something. Even minor. So then it's easier to go back to go back the to lifestyle the that you had, right? Right. Gotcha. Like if you watch, I watch reality TV, Love After Lockup. Okay. After Lockup, that's yeah. a show. It's a show. Okay. It's a hilarious show. So it's when people get out of prison. And they've been talking to someone online or through like Cupid's Cuties and they get out of prison and these people on the outside are waiting for them and they're all excited. Like, I can't wait to turn my life around. And it's almost kind of some of these guys, it's sad. Like this one guy, he totally believed that this woman was better. She'd been rehabilitated, all this stuff. They get married the day after she got out of prison. Bad oh idea in the first place. Bad idea. The night of the wedding, spoiler alert for anyone watching, she steals his car and his phone and goes to get crack. Oh, God, no. Yeah, now really? she's back in jail. So, so the day... so. So she was out for like a day, yeah, and then she committed crimes like instantly, instantly. with this guy who believed that she had been rehabilitated, rehabilitated, mm-hmm. and probably was wrongly convinc- convicted in the first place, right? Right. Wow. Yeah, and it's, but that's it's a it's a lifestyle, like in a lot of these. If you watch a lot of these shows, a lot of them say it's just easier to keep living the lifestyle. Yeah. It's easier than making all the changes that you need to make. Gotcha. But, uh, we're going to wrap here in a second. I want to ask you, Kelly, thanks for coming in. Um, a, a mistake you made in your life that we haven't talked about yet that you learned something from. Is there any, do you need a minute to think about a mistake that you made in your life that you learned something from? We already talked about my marriage. Yeah. The that marriage. was definitely the biggest one. Okay. Not seeing the red flags not that everybody was pointing out. Yep. Yep. God, I got to think about that. You know what? If you don't have anything, Because that's, that's my okay. biggest one. Right that's, there. You know what? That's a pretty big one. So you know what? We did learn something from Kelly, and that is when people say, you know what? You might not want to date this guy or this girl, then maybe. I don't know, but you know what? You're never going to listen to him. You're only going to learn him when you find out on your own. It's like, yeah. no, he has been, he's has done this, ABC, whatever, and you go, yeah, I know, but he's so sweet, and he really wants to change. 
So it's probably not going to change anything. Right. So, Kelly, thanks for being in. Thanks for I having appreciate me. it. Um, uh, and um, I'm going to go home and watch the Super Bowl. What are you doing the rest of the day? Probably going to watch the Super Bowl. Okay, I don't gotcha. want to. I was going to boycott. Yeah. But it'll be on the TV. So I got gotcha. you. <laughs> Same thing. Kelly, thanks for coming in. Check out my book. It is called Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Speaking of millennials, I'm going to put this quiz up on the Facebook page. It is 20 items that, as a millennial, you'll know what they are, but the next generation, Gen Z, will not know what they are. For example, a car window crank. Remember when you used to roll your car window up with a crank? There's a picture of that, and you'll know what it is, but a, somebody who's like Carson's age would not. There's 20 different things, and you go look and see if you can identify what they are. And I'll put it on um, Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next time on Take a Shower, Show Up on Time, and Don't Steal Anything.